Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. There was looking online last night and Declan Ganley posted Ireland's farmed animals for millennia. Our culture, our mythology is deeply rooted in farming and animal husbandry. We require very little artificial irrigation and food production is a key part of our economy feeding millions in and beyond Ireland. The doomsday cult, he said, below is nuts. And he was referring to prime time and what was said on prime time by environmental campaigner George Monbiot, who's quite popular at the moment for some strange reason, Miriam McCallum, asked him a question. And I'm going to speak to Paul O'Brien, who's chair of the Environmental and Rural Affairs with the Irish Farmers Association. Good afternoon to you, Paul. Very good afternoon to you, Niall. OK, last year agriculture was given an emissions reduction range of between 22 and 30%, but a final figure now needs to be signed off, and Eamon Ryan seems confident that's going to happen or there's going to be a compromise by next Wednesday. Do you believe, are you confident in a compromise? Well, what does a compromise look like? And I think, you know, just to put a little bit of context in this now, um, going back a number of years ago after the Paris Climate Agreement, agriculture at that point was asked, like all of society, to reduce our emissions by 30% by 2030. Ursula van der Leyen came along when she became president of the commission in 2019 and said, this is Europe's man on the moon moment. Go higher, bigger ambition. 51% was the target set for Ireland. And, you know, how do we get to 51%? That's going to mean great changes in all the society. Everything from, obviously, farming, but other sectors, transport, industry, energy, everybody is going to have to change what we do. Um, I mean, Ireland is quite unique in a sense, uh, sorry for interrupting you, but Ireland is quite unique in a sense that agriculture is a big part of what we do in this country because, look, we have wonderful soil in this country. Our climate is perfect, generally speaking, for agriculture. So it is a wonderful place. I mean, I should say it is, uh, it is part of our culture almost. Absolutely. We're unique particularly in Europe now now that the UK has left, because we have a farming model that fully utilises our best natural resource, which is grass growth. And we have an ability where most of our animals, for considerably good parts of the year, particularly from early spring to late autumn, are able to go out and use that resource that we have. Other, other countries in Europe, but most certainly all around the world, they have a much different farming model. And that farming model is now being used as a kind of a weapon to, to compare Irish farming with. I mean, I don't, I don't know whether you heard George Monbiot the other night on Primetime. I'm assuming you watched it. Uh, yes, on Primetime. I did. And just for our listeners, I just played 20 seconds of it here who didn't hear what George said when he was asked a question in relation to the, what he says about the devastation that agriculture causes. Have a quick listen to what he said. It's by far and away the greatest cause of habitat destruction, the greatest cause of wildlife loss, the greatest cause of extinction, greatest cause of soil loss, greatest source of fresh water use. It's one of the greatest causes of climate breakdown, um, bigger than transport, um, one of the primary causes of water pollution and of air pollution. So it's right at the top. Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot to say land use, the biggest issue of all. It's by far and away the greatest um, um, uh, form of land use that, that humans um, inflict on the planet, which means all that land is land which can't be used for wild ecosystems. Uh- he more or less demonised your industry completely, in other words, and he suggested he wouldn't be happy uh, till farming, animal farming, uh, was completely eradicated. 
Niall, I would talk to anybody that's willing to engage on a rational level. You know, I understand farming needs to improve our emissions profile. But dealing with alarmists who are, who are telling us the world is going to collapse on us any day now, that's not a rational conversation on how we deliver change for the biggest indigenous industry in the country. You know, there's massive amounts of jobs have the potential to be impacted by a target. How many, how many jobs? If you take, say, 30%, which is what they're looking for, right? Yes. How many jobs in Ireland will be impacted by a 30% reduction? And maybe explain to people like myself, because I'm not in the farming industry, what you have to do as a dairy farmer, as a cattle farmer, or whatever it is, or sheep farmer, to reduce uh, your emissions and to get yourself to, up to that 30%. So what do you have to do and how many jobs will be lost? Okay, well, I'll start with your first part of your question. And the only body of note who have come out with a real impact assessment of this are KPMG. Now, KPMG came out with um, a range, the range of figures at the time it was in the early 20s up to 30. But what does 30% look like to the rural economy and Ireland Incorporated? 30% looks like agriculture will lose about four, up to 4 billion euros, which is twice as much as we receive from any common agricultural policy funding every year. It will also mean that 56,000 jobs will be lost from our industry. Not only farmers, there's 130,000 farms in the country, but the second and tertiary industries as a result. So in other words, no, it's your, it's your marts closing down. It's your mechanics working in garages. It's your factories that process food. So 56,000 jobs, which is effectively one I, I, in six I'm assuming, jobs by the way, could be lost from this industry. I'm assuming the demand for the consumption of meat is not going to drop at this 30%, right? So then I'm assuming we have to import meat then from places like Argentina or Brazil where these cows in those fields will have to be ramped up, in other words, because they don't really particularly care too much about climate change. So they're going to obviously increase their herds who will be belching just as much. So the only difference is they'll be belching in Argentinian fields and not belching in Irish fields. Is that the only difference, really? Well, worldwide emissions, like, you know, the cow burps, you know, anywhere in the world, it goes into the atmosphere and is blown around by winds to, to somewhere. So we've always said in IFA that if you are displacing the most sustainable agricultural system. We are number one for dairy in, in the EU in our emissions profile. We're number five in beef. But if you replace that and allow other regimes in other parts of the world, looking particularly Brazil, there's no doubt, there's no denying this, the deforestation has accelerated in Brazil over the last number of years. So by us having to be forced to reduce production in Ireland and avoid being created has to be filled by someone else. And just another thing, Niall, I think we've got to be concerned about too. The reality is the world population is going to go up by another 2 billion by the time we get to 2030. Sorry, to, by 2050. So the trajectory of growth is, is, is going. Population growth is going. Most of that population growth is going to be in countries that are not able to sustain their own food productions at the moment. So that's a worry. And... All you have to do is look at the Arab Spring back in 2011 where mm -hmm. food issues happened and as a result of that, the, the snowball effect of instability in regions and you know, displacements of population looking for food. And okay. we, have a, we, we have a problem. Okay, here so, so what, what is the highest that you can manage or, or do you believe that your farmers and your industry uh, can manage to do without, with, with the minimal... And look, there will be damage either way to jobs, etc. But a minimal amount of damage. 
Um, so they're asking for between 22 and 30, but realistically 30. They're also asking for net zero by 2050, which essentially means that you won't be farming animals at all anymore. Okay, well, you did ask me another part of the question, and I just say, what we've done up to now, and this will lead me on to where we're going, uh, Niall, you know, we do, we have changed in our farming practices. We're doing things like incorporating different swords on our grasslands and incorporating different measures, changing our fertilizer usage, and even reduction of fertilizer usage as well. So we've, we've done a lot up until now. MAC curve was developed, the marginal abatement cost curve was developed to take us to a, the 30% target level that was our initial challenge. Agriculture is the only industry that had a roadmap. Now, and the ambition has gone up from between the 10 and 15% that was first attributed to us under the Paris Climate Change Agreement. Now we're higher, between the range of 22 and 30. My argument is that after 22%, there is no roadmap bringing us there. No one in government, nobody in the Department of Agriculture, um, even Chagas, who have done a lot of work for farmers for years and years, they haven't developed the tools in order to bring us the change that will be needed from 22 to 30. So everything after 22% is, is, is a problem for us. OK, and then when, when they turn around and they talk about net zero by 2050... That's that's absolutely unachievable by farmers, I would imagine, in the agriculture it's, sector. Everything is always going to be difficult. Well, no, I mean, no, you're saying difficult. Net zero is. I I can't understand how in agriculture you could even aspire to net zero unless you suddenly stop using animals altogether, and you all start growing corn and oats. Well, even corn and oats, everything everything absorbs carbon. But everything releases carbon at a certain time. We are going to be encouraged over the next number of years to plant considerably more trees to reinstate or re-wet peatlands that previously farmers were encouraged in the 60s and 70s to drain. So we are going to have to change our farming systems in order to meet anything that looks like um, you know, a, a massive reduction in, in, in carbon. But no, I, I, I don't want the, um, the suggestion to go out that farmers are not up for this challenge. We can, we will, and we are. As long as it's realistic. As long as it's but realistic. Setting us a target that is so unachievable with the dynamic that we're facing at the moment where we're hoping on new technologies that haven't been proven or perfected yet and saying, target is out there. As a result, we have to achieve a target that we have no, we have no chance of ever meeting. That is wrong. If okay. it's a 22, we'll put our shoulders to the wheel as farmers and we will engage. But everything after 22 is really trying to lead us blindfold off a cliff and hopefully somebody at the bottom of that cliff will catch us. It's because we have problems once it goes past 22. All right, well, listen, thank you very much indeed. I appreciate you coming on the air. Paul O'Brien, who is the chair of the Environmental and Rural Affairs with the Irish Farmers Association, I think he's probably right. Anything after 22, I think it's just a joke. I don't think tar- I don't think farmers could reach that. It's not possible, not with the technology that's available at the moment. It's not the whole electric car thing, isn't it? You know, the whole, you know, telling people to do this and do that. It's all well and good, you know, to stop driving your diesel and petrol cars. Make electric cars affordable. You know, when all those things become affordable for people, then they might try them. But they're not going to try them at the moment. You know, the other thing as well about, you know, get, getting your house up to an A rating. Oh, sure, we'll give you a few quid, but you'll have to pay the rest yourself. When those things become affordable, people will do them. But you can't turn around people to tell people not to do one thing and give them nothing to replace it with. The same comes with the farmers. If they don't have the technology to reduce uh, or to reduce their emissions by, you know, over 22% at the moment... 
well, then they just can't do it without putting too many people out of a job. We've got to be sensible about this. Not paranoid like that lunatic that was on the television the other night telling us we're all going to die. You know, there's a load of them around, by the way. We started off by listening listening to a 16-year-old going back about four or five years ago, but that's when this all kicked off again. Oh, stop. Anyway, look, I'm not suggesting for a win. I'm not a climate change denier. I absolutely believe the climate is changing. The effect that we have on on human beings, the effect that we have on the climate... That's up for debate, isn't it, by different scientists? Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Ireland's classic.